Welcome to 30 Minutes Towards Victory. Hi, I'm Greg Marcus. I'm the pastor of Imperial Valley Christian Center. This is our TV program, 30 Minutes Towards Victory. Our purpose with this program is to lift you up. It's to encourage you. It's to help you experience the victory in life that God wants you to have. God wants it to go well with you in life. God wants it to go well with you in life. God wants it to go well with you in life. That's what we're all about at Imperial Valley Christian Center. And that's what this TV program is all about. Okay, right now we're on the subject of God, the somewhat controversial subject. <laughs> God wants you rich. God wants you rich. And I'm trying to show you from the Bible, based not on your tradition, not on your religion, not on what you heard somebody say, but based on what the Bible actually says. You can see it for Pull out your Bible and you can see it for yourself. I want to show you that the Bible teaches that God wants you rich. God wants you rich. And we started off last week with point number one, which is this, that God has sworn, God swore an oath. God swore an oath to give us power to prosper. God swore an oath to give us power to get wealth. God swore an oath that he would give us power to get rich. God swore an oath that he would give us power to get rich. So we start off here in Deuteronomy chapter 8. I want to show you that God swore an oath that he would give us power to prosper, power to get wealth, power to become rich. Hallelujah. I explained to you last week that Deuteronomy takes place just as the children of Israel are about to enter into the promised land, the land that God had promised their forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They're about to enter in. Moses is giving them some instructions for when they get in there so that things will go well with them, so that they'll be all right with them, so it will go well with them. And so he says to them here in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 7, for the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land. This is a picture of the land that God wants to take you to, Christian. This is a picture of the land that God wants to take you to, Christian. This is a picture of the land that God wants to take you to, Christian. For the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land. He bringeth thee into a good land. He bringeth thee into a good land. A land of brooks of water, of fountains and depths that spring out of valleys and hills. A land of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates. A land of oil, olive, and honey, a land wherein thou shalt eat bread without scarceness, thou shalt not lack anything in it. God wants to take you to no lack land too. This is a picture of the land God wants, not over there on the other side by and by. This land wasn't over there on the other side by and by. It was here on the earth. This is where God is there. A land where thou shalt not lack anything. In it a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills thou mayest dig brass. Verse 10, when thou hast eaten and art full, thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he hath given thee. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes, which I command thee this day, lest when thou hast eaten and art full and hast built goodly houses. What kind of houses were they going to build? Goodly houses and dwelt therein. They, they didn't spend all their time building them. Now they're living in them. Verse 13, and when thy herds and thy flocks multiply and thy 
thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, and all that thou hast is multiplied. Here's what I want you to see. First of all, that's the description of the land. It's a land where you'll not lack anything, where you'll be satisfied. It's such a rich, prosperous place that the rocks are iron. The hills are filled with brass. Hallelujah. You don't dig brass. You have to make brass. Can you see that? But this land is so rich. That's the picture he's painting. You can even dig brass out of the hills. Hallelujah. It's a place where you'll build fine, goodly, wonderful houses, and you'll live in them. Your herds will be multiplied. Your flocks will be multiplied. Your silver and your gold, your money will be multiplied. Everything that you have will be multiplied. You'll be rich in every way. You'll be made rich in every way. Now he's telling them, that's the description of the land. That's the first thing I want to see. That's a description of the land that God wants to take you to. And as we saw last week, he's given them this description in the context of a warning. He's telling them, look, you're coming into this fat, sassy land, this good, rich, abundant land. You're going to become rich there. You're going to become rich in that land. And when you get there, don't forget who brought you here. And so he says in verse verse 17, and thou say in my heart, well, let me read it to you from verse 11, and then I'm going to skip down to verse 17, where he finishes his thought. Verse 11, Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God, in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes, which I command thee this day. Now skip down to verse 17, And thou say in thine heart, My power and the might of mine hand hath gotten me this wealth. wealth." And so he's telling them, Look, You're coming into this rich land. You're going to become prosperous. You're going to become successful. And you're going to start to be tempted. You're going to be tempted to forget to do the things of God. You're going to be tempted to forget about reading your Bible. You're going to be tempted to forget about going to church. You're going to be tempted to forget about praying. You're going to be tempted to forget about the things of God. Hallelujah. And you're going to begin to think, no, no, it didn't, it didn't have anything to do with God. It was me. It was me that got me that raise. It was me that got me that bonus. It was me that got me that promotion. It was me that did such a good job on that. Hallelujah. And that's what happens. Even to this day, that's what happens. Can you see that? that people come and, and they want God to help them. They want God to prosper their business. And their business begins to prosper so much, they decide, well, shoot, we got so many customers, we need to open up on Sundays now. Let's open up on Sundays. Hallelujah. We'll make even more money. And we'll have more to give to the kingdom of God. And pretty soon they're fat and They've forgotten all about the work of God. They've forgotten all about reading their Bible. They've forgotten all about going to church. They've forgotten all about praying. And they're thinking to themselves, here, here, here's what happens. They come in, they say, Greg, Greg, I lost my job. Pray, pray that I'll get a job. They come in, they say, Greg, I, I want this promotion. I pray that I'll get the promotion. They come in and they say, Greg, I, I want this new job. Pray that I'll get that job. We pray. They get the job. We pray. They get the promotion. We pray. They find a job. Hallelujah. And then immediately the thought comes from, oh, it would have happened anyway. It would have happened anyway. It would have happened anyway. Hallelujah. And they forget all about God. 
They forget all about God. Now the pressure's off. They forget, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget all about it. And that's what Moses is warning them. He says, you're going to come into this land. Can I tell you something? This I believe. Daniel, sometimes you hear people who are real into prophecy. They'll say things like this. Says, Where is the United States in the Bible? Here it is. Deuteronomy chapter 8. That's where the United States is in the Bible. The United States has grown fat and sassy. Hallelujah. This was a country that was founded you know, by a lot of Christians. We're the founders of it. Hallelujah. They were the first ones here. You know, the first non-Native Americans here were all these religious people, these Christians. Hallelujah. But they began to get fat and sassy. And we're now the richest country and we're so rich and prosperous and powerful. What do we need God for? Hallelujah. That's where the United States is in prophecy right there in Deuteronomy chapter 8. But here's what I want you to see. So he's warning them. He's warning, I'm taking you into a rich land. You're going to grow rich there. Don't forget about God. Don't forget who got you this wealth. Don't forget who made you this wealthy. Verse 18, but thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant, which he swore unto thy fathers as it is this day. Verse 19, and it shall be, if thou do it all, forget the Lord thy God and walk after other gods and serve them and worship them. I testify against you this day that you shall surely perish. Hallelujah. Okay, so that's the warning. He says, I'm the one who gave you power to get this wealth. I'm the one who gave you power to become rich. I'm the power. I'm the one who gave you power to increase. So don't say to yourself, it was me. It was my hands that got me this wealth. Because when you do, you shall surely perish. You shall. So that's the whole Deuteronomy chapter 8 right there. Now, what I want you to see is this. Number one, God's taken me into a prosperous land. He's taking them into a rich land. That's a picture of where God wants to take us, the Christians. That's a picture of where God wants to take you. He wants you living in a land where there's no lack. He wants you living in a land where you build fine houses and dwell in them. He wants you living in a land where you lack nothing, where your silver, your gold, your money is multiplied, where all that you have is multiplied. God wants you living in a prosperous land. That's point number one. That's that's a picture of the land God wants to take you to. He wants to take you to that land. How do you enter that land? The same way they did, by faith. What keeps you from entering that land? Same thing that kept their, their parents from entering that land 40 years before. Unbelief. Hallelujah. But I don't want to get to that right now. Listen. Listen. Hallelujah. He's taken them to that land, and then he warns them. He warns when you get there and you get all fat and sassy and rich and prosperous, don't forget who got you there. Now, here's what I want you to see. Do you notice? Even though he knows, even though he knows that they may be tempted to forget them, he still wants to take them to prosperous land. Even though he knows that when they become rich, they will be tempted to forget who got them rich. Even though God knows that when they become rich, they will be tempted to forget who it was that made them rich, he's still taking them. 
to that land of richness and prosperity. He's still taking them to the land where their silver and their gold is going to multiply. He's still giving them power to get wealth even though he knows they may forget about him. God is so interested. See, the decision isn't up to God. God isn't like most Christians kind of have this idea. Oh, no, God wants me poor because he knew if I had anything, I'd forget about him. Hallelujah. Yeah, well, he knows you've forgotten about him already, knucklehead. You're so full of yourself. All you think about is yourself. Hallelujah. (laughs) Listen to me. God wants to take you to rich land even though he knows you will be tempted to forget about him. God wants to take you to rich land, even though he knows you will be tempted to forget about him. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God wants you rich. God wants you prosperous. God wants you abundantly supplied. He knows you'll be tempted to forget about him. And so he's warning you, don't forget about me. I'm the one. The moment you do, you're going to be destroyed. And if you read the story of the children of Israel, which you can find, you know, in Judges and 1 Kings and 2 Kings, what you read in the whole book of Judges is this story over and over again. The children of Israel became rich and prosperous and they forgot about the Lord their God. Hallelujah. Then what happened? Their enemies came in, began to steal from them and destroy them, kill their children, rob their stuff. Hallelujah. Then what happened? They remembered the Lord their God. They called upon him and God delivered them and prospered them and delivered them from the hand of their enemy. So now they're rich and sassy again. What happens? They forget about the Lord their God. Then what happens? Their enemy comes in and destroys them, steals from them, kills their children. All of a sudden, they once again remember the Lord their God. They call upon them. He remembers his covenant that he swore. He comes and delivers them from the hand of their enemy. He causes them to prosper again and to be successful again. Hallelujah. And they forget him again. And he goes through that over and over and over again. Hallelujah. So God wants you to get wealthy. He doesn't want you to forget him, but he knows that that decision is up to you. God wants it to go well with you. God wants it to go well with you. God wants, and he knows once it starts going well with you, once things get better, once you get out of the tight spot, once you get out of the trouble spot, you may forget about him, but he's still going to get you out of the tight spot. He doesn't want you to forget about him. He wants you to be as interested in him as he is interested in you. He's going to get you out of the tight spot. He doesn't want you to forget about him. He knows you may forget about him, but he's still going to get you out of the tight spot. He's still going to make you rich. Hallelujah. Now, I said all that just to give you an overview of that chapter, but what I really want to focus on is verse 18. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18. I said to you that point number one was this. What am I talking about? What am I teaching? God wants you to be rich. 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 And so we see here in Deuteronomy, and I said that the point number one was this. Point number one is this. You can know God wants you to be rich because he swore an oath that he would give us power 
to get wealth. You can know that God wants you rich because he swore an oath that he would give us power to become wealthy. You can know that God wants you to be rich because he swore an oath that he would give us power to become rich. And we find that referenced here in Deuteronomy 8.18. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. It is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. I like the New Living Translation. It puts it this way. God gives you power to become rich. God gives you power to become rich. God gives you power to become rich. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God gives power to become rich. Well, if God... Let me me stop there for a second. If God gives power to become rich... And the Bible clearly says he does. For it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. The New Living Translation, God gives you power to become rich. If God gives power to become rich, doesn't that mean he wants you rich? If God gives power to become rich, doesn't that mean it's because he wants you to be rich? Hallelujah. If God has given people power to become rich, isn't that because he wants them to become rich? If God has given people power to become rich, isn't that because he wants them to become rich? Hallelujah. God wants you rich. God wants, he wants to give you power to become rich. He wants to give you power to get wealth. God wants you rich. God wants you rich. His desire is that you prosper and be in health. Hallelujah. He desires above all things that you prosper and be in health. God wants you rich. Okay, so look here in Deuteronomy 8, 18. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. It is he that giveth thee power to become rich. You know, for most Christians, that scripture would come as a complete shock to them. I'm sure they've never heard it. Most Christians have never heard that scripture. It'd come as a complete shock to them. I mean, it'd give my, Martha, it's the big one. It's the big one. I'm going. I'm going. You know, they heard that scripture. Most Christians think that God is against wealth. Most Christians have this idea that God is against people being rich. And here the Bible says that God gives power to get wealth. He gives power to become rich. Hallelujah. Let's read the rest of that scripture. For it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore unto thy fathers as it is this day. Hallelujah. So there's two things I need you to see from the rest of that verse. And the first one is the last part of that verse, which he swore unto thy fathers as it is to say, he gave them power to get wealth. Why? It says here in the King James, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore unto thy fathers, as it is this day. Well, who were those fathers? This is really important. You need to know who those fathers are so that you can understand that this scripture applies to you. You need to know who those fathers were. So turn back to Deuteronomy chapter 1 real quick, and I'll show you who, who those fathers were. In Deuteronomy chapter 1 and verse 
8, listen what it says here. This is Deuteronomy 1, verse 8. Behold, I have set the land before you. Go in and possess the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers. Who are these fathers? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and to give unto them and to their seed after them. The Lord swear unto your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So when it says over here in Deuteronomy 8, 18, it says his covenant, which he swore unto thy fathers. He doesn't mean their, you know, their dads. He means their ancestors, we would say. He swore that covenant to their ancestors for the first time, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's important. So this covenant, which covenant? That he would give them power to get wealth. This covenant that he would give them power to get wealth, he made it to their fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Okay, so let's read that again. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee to power to get wealth. Why does he do that? So that he may establish his covenant. Which covenant? The one he swore unto Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, that, so that's point number one. When it says fathers here, means Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And that's going to be important in a little bit when we get around to why this scripture applies to you. You need to understand that that covenant, that oath that God swore, he swore it to Abraham, to Isaac, and Jacob. Hallelujah. Now, the second point I want you to see is this. It says here in the King James, For it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, that he may establish. And so you'll hear some preachers from time to time, they might mention this scripture, and they'll say, God gives us power to get wealth so he can establish his covenant. And what they mean by that is, send me some money so I can preach the gospel. And you should send people, preachers money so they can preach the gospel. You should give preachers money so they can preach the gospel. If you love God, if you're interested in God's things, then you should help people who are doing God's work. Hallelujah. But that ain't what this scripture is saying. He's not talking about uh, God gives power to get wealth so we can preach the gospel all over the world. Yeah, God expects you to support the preaching of the gospel. God expects you to support this TV program. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But the reason that God gave them power to get wealth wasn't so they could preach the gospel. It wasn't so they could establish. Some people say establish the covenant means preach the gospel all over the world. That's not what it means. Look over in Deuteronomy 9. We're in Deuteronomy 8. If you, In my Bible, it's right across the page. Deuteronomy chapter 9 and verse 5. And it says this. It says, not for thy righteousness or for the uprightness of heart dost thou go to possess their land, but for the wickedness of these nations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee, and that he may perform the word which the Lord swear unto thy fathers Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You know there where it says that he may perform the word? that he may perform the word which the Lord swear unto thy fathers Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. It's the same exact word over here where it says establish. Perform and establish are the same exact Hebrew words translating those two different verses. And that's what it means over in Deuteronomy 8.18. And it's not talking about establish the covenant. That's not clear to us, but he's talking about perform the covenant. 
perform the covenant. Listen, let me read you from the New Living Translation. God gives you power to become rich, and he does it to fulfill the covenant he made to your ancestors. God gives you power to get wealth, to become rich, and he does it to fulfill the covenant he made to your ancestors. God gives power to become rich. Why does he do it? To fulfill the covenant which he made with your ancestors. Or the way the King James puts it is this, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth that he may fulfill his covenant which he swear. I like that, swear. That's why I wanted to read it from the King James which he swore unto thy fathers to fulfill the covenant which he swore unto thy fathers. So now here's the picture you need to see. God said to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he says, I swear to you, I will give you power to get wealth. I swear to you, I will get... He entered into a covenant. A covenant is like a super strong contract, a real important holy contract. The only covenant that we have in modern society is when a man and a woman get married. That's the only covenant that exists. It's a holy thing. It's an important thing. Can you see that? So he entered into this covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He swore, I will keep covenant with you. And part of that covenant, part of the promise of that covenant was what? He'd give them power to get wealth. How do we know that? Because in order to fulfill the covenant, he had to give them power to become rich. God entered into a covenant. He swore an oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He entered into covenant with them. Part of the promise of the covenant, part of the keeping of the covenant was that he would give them power to become rich. How do we know that? Because the Bible tells us there that in order to fulfill that covenant, he gave them power to become wealthy. In order to fulfill that covenant, he had to give them power to become rich. Let me read it to you one more time. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to to get wealth or power to become rich so that he may fulfill his covenant which he swore unto Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. In order for God to fulfill the oath that he made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he had to give power to become rich. In order for God to fulfill the oath that he made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he had to give power to become rich. Now, some people stop right there and say, yes, Greg, that's true. You're reading it correctly. That is what the Bible says. God did enter into a covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He swore an oath to them that he would keep covenant with them. And obviously part of that covenant was the power to get wealth. Obviously part of that covenant was the power to become rich because in order for him to fulfill it, he had to give them power to become rich. Yes, you're right, Greg. You're absolutely correct, Greg. But... Where you have missed it, O small theological brained one, is this, that covenant, that promise, that oath only applies to the Jews. (laughs) Hallelujah, hallelujah. Unfortunately, I'm out of time, but come back next week. Come back next week, and I'll show you why that covenant, why the Bible teaches that that covenant, that promise, 
promise to give power to become rich, that promise to give power to get wealth belongs to the Christian as well. I'll see you later. Bye-bye. Listen, those of you who aren't going to church, come on out. Come visit us. Come have a a cup of coffee and a donut on us. Sunday mornings at 9.30 is our English service. Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. is our Spanish service at Southwest High School in El Centro. Come on out. Visit us. Uh, You'll have a fun time. You'll grow. You'll increase. You'll learn how to receive the things that God has for you. We always have fantastic children's services Come on out. I really, 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 really want to see you there. I'll see you later. Bye-bye.